Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. October is Canadian Autism Awareness Month, and today we're joined by a mother who knows all too well what autism is. Her name is Teresa Headley. Not only is she the mother of a 22-year-old son with autism, she's also an author, an advocate, an educator, and a curriculum designer. She's recently put a book together called What's Not Allowed? A Family Journey with Autism. She's going to share her journey with us and help us to have a better understanding of what autism is. That's today on Connections. We're joined today by Teresa Headley. She is an author, an advocate, an educator, and the mother of a 22-year-old son who has autism. October is Autism Awareness Month, and that is something that you're very aware of. Your son was diagnosed with autism at a very early age. Tell us a little bit about your family. Well, we are an armed forces family, and uh, because of that, we are a family of Canada. We have lived all across this great country, and uh, everywhere feels like home, including Winnipeg. That's where I was born. And uh, my father was in the forces as well, so it's been my whole life. It's been the backdrop for my life, and it plays heavily into the autism journey, as you can imagine. Um, Right now, I'm talking to you from Vancouver Island on the West Coast, and I live here with my husband, Frank, who is retired um, Army, and um, my son Eric, who's on the autism spectrum. And we have a daughter, uh, 20, Heather, in Toronto, and a son, Scott, 24, in Ottawa. So they really are all across Canada. <laughs> we are. We're far flung, but connected, you know. Yeah. When it comes to your son, Eric, what was it like um, when you found out that your son was on the autism spectrum, and, and how did you find out? Well, very good questions. And to make it relatable to you, I, I was thinking about this and related to COVID. How did we feel when we, when we realized that what we thought was our normal suddenly wasn't? We just felt completely, you know, blindsided. And that's how I felt when I received the diagnosis came in two parts, really. It started in Nova Scotia when Eric was, I think, five and they pulled me aside at school and said, something's not right here. And he was okay at home, but there were little signs. He was running in circles. He was repeating things. He was walking up on his toes. He was seeking sensory input. So I knew, I thought, hmm, something, but we, we just put it down to shyness. And he wasn't connecting. So it's something in my mother, you know, insides knew that something wasn't right, but I didn't know what it was. But at school, he completely shut down. And one thing that I've learned about autism and that is completely um, environment dependent. So when the environment was strange and difficult for him, he, he shut down and he didn't communicate with anyone at school. And he just sat, she said, like a deer gaze, you know, and was stunned. So she brought me in and she said, I think he might have autism. And I could feel my body reacting to this, although I kind of knew and, uh, but at that time, we were moving from Halifax to Vancouver Island, so we put it on the shelf for a while. Wow. Yeah, because we had to drive across the country, set up at this end of the country. And uh, so I just thought, okay. But it's still, at the same time, I started reading everything, everything I could find about it. And everything said, you know, this is what it is. So it was a relief and not. You know, it was both. It was really, and I call this in the book, great big emotion, this big knot of of, of everything, of hope, of disbelief, of, of anger, of um, uh, sadness, uh, of, of confusion, everything. And uh, it, it kind of stops you in your tracks. The, uh, so many different emotions to deal with. How did you sort through them all? I'm guessing it was uh, kind of a long journey, uh, maybe like the resentment and anger. How did you deal with that, oh. first of all? 
Those are good words, exactly that too. And I, I thought, you know, you're shining this light on, on myself, on my family, on, on my son. I don't want that word. I don't mm. want that word for him. It's denial. I think the first thing you go through when you, because you receive a, a type of, of trauma, the child you thought you had is not the child you have. It is, it is, but it's, there's a different layer to it that you had not expected. And it's, everything is pervasive. They keep, this word keeps coming up, pervasive. And so whatever he has is going to trickle into every nuance of, of who he is and make life difficult for him and change it for us too. Um, so what did I do? That great big emotion is a really good question. I acknowledged it. And eventually it became the force that drove us forward. It became my conviction and my belief and my determination. So I think that's what we have to do as parents. We have to say, okay, this exists, but what are we going to do about it? And use it as the force that takes you and, and keeps you on track. Often I th- when parents get the diagnosis, like, yeah, it's not a nice thing, but there could be some good things possibly that come out of it as well. And, uh, you know, my wife's a school psychologist, so when she gives diagnosis, she makes a little booklet for the kids. Here's your superpowers. So because you have autism, these are the superpowers it gives you. Uh, have you found any superpowers in your son's life because of this diagnosis? Well, first of all, I wish we had had your, your wife <laughs> on our team. I love that. I love that. And I see it that way, too. I, I reframe everything. And that has become our family, re, you know, um, refrain is to reframe. And you take that and you say, okay, this is what we've got in front of us. And autism is um, Greek for um, self, autos. It comes from the, the Greek word. And, but, you know, the diagnosis is, is stuck on this this isolated self, but I was seeing something different. I was seeing also, alongside with that, this selfless self. So some of these superpowers that you describe are, you know, he, Eric, isn't um, motivated by ego. He is such a, a calm and selfless person. He'll do things for other people. He'll cheer for other people. He'll tidy up around the home, do things without any expectation of reward or, or acknowledgement. So, you know, nice. completely like the purest form of all of us. And, and sometimes I think, is that a disability? Right. <laughs> <It's wonderful. laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he notices things. He'll notice things in a room in the environment that none of us see. And there's a story in the book where we're going down this, this cenote, this cave in, in Mexico, and hundred people look down because you're being winched down into this 30-foot, you know, cave toward the water. He was the only person who looked up, <laughs> and he saw everything that was on the walls. There were bats. And he said, did you see that? And we said, no, uh-huh. we weren't looking where you were looking. So I think he forces us and he invites us to see things in the world that we're missing. I so love I love that. that. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about Eric. He's obviously grown up now, and things have gone relatively well for for him. They have. And, you know, I think that hinges on belief. And, and the first line in the book is, thank you to our family and friends, our sculptors. If you believe in me, I believe in me. If you think I can do it, I think I can do it. So we, like your wife, um, to the announcer, <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> We looked at those superpowers, and we went through all of the, that wonderful stuff we were seeing in order to address his challenges. And so at every step of the way, you know, we acknowledged the things that were hard, socializing, communication, the sensory, you know, all the repetition. And, and we, we took that, and we used that to, to, to grow Eric, and we went through all of his, his wonderful strengths. So 
it's been a bumpy road, but we, you know, right now we're sampling things, and it's completely off-road travel. I mean, we did two years of grade 12. Everything is repeat, 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 but eventually, eventually, in his time, he gets it. And I have to keep reminding myself his timeline and make it unique and make it work for him. So he's sampling jobs now. I mean, how do you know what you're going to be if you've never done it? And uh, I know with him, he needs concrete uh, examples. He needs to do it. He needs to hold it in his hands. And so he's, he's becoming a, uh, a child care assistant, working with children. And he loves it. It's a, it's a perfect fit because they have this fresh perspective, and so does he. They are without ego, and so is he. So it's really hmm. neat. What's it, like, what's it like for you as a mom to get to sit back and watch him uh, flourish and help others? Oh, that's the word, too. Helping is healing. It's, sometimes it brings me to tears. I just thought, you know, the diagnosis and the prognosis were so heavy. I, I never, in my best-case scenario mind, imagined. I mean, it, it's still a bumpy road, and days are, are difficult. And, you know, he exists friendly, but without a lot of friendships, because it's hard to connect for him. But to see him connecting with these little people and making a difference and that they run up and hug him, because they don't see autism. They don't judge they see what they see, not what they think that they should see. And I said to Eric, when you find these places in life, you need, you need to stay there. You need, that's where you need to be, without judgment, without stereotype, all of that. So our, ki- our children turn out to be our gifts to Eric, you know, and he is to them. I love it. What led you to write the book, What's Not Allowed, and the name, the title for it? Where did that come mm-hmm. from? Um, first, I'll start with the title. That wasn't the title uh, we were using until probably about six months ago. The working title for the book was Continue is the Power, and that came from my experience in Japan, and it's a translation from a Japanese creed that means you just never give up. You don't let life stop you, and uh, you just have to. Our, our power within is to keep going. And, I mean, it's not just about autism. It's about all of us all the time. Um, so it was that. But then we thought, well... This is a hard journey, and, and, and it just sounded too Pollyanna. You know, hey, let's keep going, which we want to do, but we didn't want to, to play down the fact that, wow, for many families, and including our own, this is hard. And so we thought, let's go to Eric's perspective. And what's not allowed was the very first thing he said when he started to speak, and his speech was very halting. One day it came out in a question, and it was a little hard to understand, but he was pointing to those signs, like the Ghostbuster signs of what not to do in a park, and uh, that was his perspective on life. What is allowed and what isn't allowed, and how am I supposed to be? And it kind of is a metaphor for him puzzling out, you know, the neurotypical world, what's not allowed. That's a pretty deep question to dive into. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's our COVID question too, isn't yeah. it? So now we're in this what's not allowed world, and actually continuous the power is also working for COVID, you know, we have to keep going. So the two titles became the title, ironically, of of what's happening now. Um, In terms of what made me write, it wasn't me, it it was not my idea, and the way this started is not the way it turned out. Uh, It was an invitation back in Ottawa by a therapist, and she invited eight women to talk about eight moms to talk about their journey with their young adults with autism and talk about what was working and what didn't work and what we did and what we fed them belief and uh, opportunities. And uh, 
then the eight women, it sort of drifted. Some continued, some didn't. We moved west, and I just took it forward in a different way. What's the response been like from people that have uh, both read the book, What's Not Allowed, or have uh, been involved with some of your other teachings and helping, and what's it like to help others yourself? Well, well, thank you for asking that. And, you know, mostly what I'm hearing is relief. Oh, thank you for writing this. Someone, someone needed to say it. And sometimes I poke at things in the book that, you know, we think, are we supposed to talk about that? Yes, we are. Like, what are we trying to achieve with autism? And have, have we asked Eric what he wants? And how much of Eric is Eric? And how much of Eric is autism? There's like, big questions in, in there. And most of them came from my friends. And they would text me and ask me. And so I put them in there. And I try to answer that as I journey through. Um, so I was um, texting our family doctor in Ottawa yesterday. And uh, she said, oh, this is great, because I need something to be able to give families. They, they, they need more than just a list of to-dos. They, they need stories. They need the humanness of this. And uh, she says, now I have something. I have a tool. Um, so I think a lot of relief and gratitude, and, and we walk this together. It's all of our journeys. And I think there's something in it for everyone. You uh, you know, maybe there's somebody listening right now. They've just got that diagnosis in their family or something else that feels earth-shattering and those big emotions. What do you say to that family listening right now? Hmm. <laughs> Another good question. Breathe. You know, step back. Don't do anything in the moment. You know, it's going to, it's going to get better because it, it will become your normal. Normal is what we live. And so... I had to learn to step out of my head, step out of the expectations I had, but you're going to create something parallel and just as good. And boy, you're going to learn so much. It's going to change who you are, how you see things, and uh, write it down. I think writing was very cathartic for me. It made sense of everything. And, uh, and, and then some part of my brain spoke to me and, and, and told me things as I wrote. Just, just journal it down. But... I think the most important thing for all of us is to be good to ourselves as we are in COVID. It's a very good parallel. Move forward in, in small steps. And I, you know what? The, the best thing, and, and your wife with a superpower book, um, celebrate every, every moment you can. And, and, I, and, and look at what's the good that's happening. There's so much good. Don't forget about that. So, you know, we, well, the, what's not allowed is an example. We took pictures and we took pictures and we took pictures of these signs for maybe five years, and we have probably 200 of these pictures. And uh, this is before digital photography, too, so it was sometimes a bit compromising to take these pictures. <laughs> yeah, and we made these books for Eric, and the joy that he had, these, his perspective was captured, and it was important. And so we went through all these things that were interesting for him. We never tried to make him someone else. And uh, we always, we, you know, we celebrate who he is. So my, my creed to myself is live with more celebration and less expectation. Because expectation is life in the mind. It's not life in front of you. And so, you know, do, celebrate the good stuff and, and the joy in your family. And, and just take it one day at a time. You know, don't look too far ahead. As we move forward into October and into uh, Autism Awareness Month, what's one thing about autism and having a child on the autism spectrum that most people wouldn't know? Would not know? Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> great questions, I love them all. Uh, that behavior is communication. Sometimes what we think, what 
from the outside looking in is bad behavior, it's just really, really good communication, meaning when someone is having a meltdown or whatever, they're telling you something. They're saying, this is hard for me. And what the this is is usually the environment. Something about the environment is not supporting me right now, and I can't do this. It's just saying I can't do this and I need your help. And uh, so, you know, we, we try to give Eric everything that will make the environment uh, support him and make him the best version of himself. So the order, predictability, certainty, um, routine, you know, we structure things. We encourage him now to write things down on a sticky note. Here's your day. Here's what it looks like. And, and to follow a plan. So I think most people wouldn't know that it's, it's just, it's never bad behavior. It's just good communication and that we can all do things to help make that environment by understanding and pitching in to make it the best it can be for that person so they can be the best that they can be. Okay, we know the answer you're supposed to give to this question yep. as a mom, but you can be yep. honest with us. Now, looking back, would you change anything and why or why not? Would I change what I did, you mean? Or would you change anything, <laughs> whether what you did or maybe change the diagnosis if you could, uh, mm. let them live without autism if you could? Hmm. Oh, Wow. What would it's I change? a tough one, right? <laughs> yeah, it is tough. I think, well, one, someone said to me, sometimes I try to make, yeah, well, there's a lot of things. And I, and I think that in the book is honest. I, you know, the mm. magazine articles we wrote before were kind of Pollyanna. <laughs> they're prescriptive and they're all good stuff. But yeah. the thing I like about the book is that it, it takes us into the trenches. Nice. And it says, you know, I was wrong. I pushed him. I did it too fast. Mm. I think what I would try to change is to understand that his timeline is not my timeline. And I, maybe I try to make him neurotypical, thinking, okay, I'll push him into this. You know, and trying to give him opportunities. Maybe there's one chapter called niche cramming. I was trying to cram something that he wasn't ready for. So I think yeah. maybe just slowing down and, and saying this is who he is. Because I think when our children are born, we have this great hope. We all do. And as soon as you receive a diagnosis, even if you can see the superpowers in it, there's a little poke in that, in that big balloon, and it, and it starts to, to seep, you know, lose air and come down toward the ground. And I spend my whole life trying to keep that up, the hope, the, the opportunities. So I think it's sometimes my, my husband was good about this. He would say, he's not ready for that. Mm. And I would try to push it, reading, walking, everything, you know, <laughs> crawling, talking. I would try to teach to it. And he said, why don't you just let it unfold? And uh, uh, so I, I think for me, stepping back sometimes and, and accepting what is and just letting it be. Nice. Yeah. For those who want to learn about you, want to learn about your book and your advocacy, how do they go about doing that? Well, um, you can purchase the book. <laughs> uh, there's that. You know, I'm currently not a big social media person. My daughter is, so yeah, you can't go through her. But you can go through Winter, Winter Tickle Press. I will be setting up a, a website and putting a lot of our projects on there because we did write for um, Autism Matters magazine through Autism Ontario for six years, and there are 20 articles, and I'll be putting some of those on. And they're, they're very helpful articles. They're try this, try this, try this. And uh, there's that. There's um, a program that I've just developed called Pathways to Potential. And uh, it's through a family education center outside of Toronto in Brampton. And if you Google Pathways to Potential, 
Um, it will come up, Morton Family Education Centre, and it's a course that one can purchase that takes you through 10 pathways toward realizing potential in your child. Um, but I'll be putting that on the website as well. So eventually I'm hoping to get all this, you know, the domain will probably be TeresaHeadley.ca. And uh, so that is um, on the, the back burner for, for this fall. And so everything will be on there and uh, perhaps a blog or a podcast as well. Thanks for joining us on Connections today, Teresa. Don't forget, you can listen to the full episodes on your radio station once in the morning as well as once in the evening. You can also find the podcast version at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.